You're listening to the Two Bucks Podcast, the podcast for outdoor entrepreneurs. Little by little, I was getting the sense of my time isn't my time. Just kept doing this pull to the outdoors and wanting to do something in the outdoor space. Welcome to the Two Bucks Podcast, the podcast for outdoor entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Brian Krebs, and with me today is Mike Lindell with Domain Outdoor. Mike, how are you doing? Doing great, Brian. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for being here. A busy guy, so thanks for squeezing us into your schedule. Yeah, we all are. Uh, It looks like you are doing full-time, either doing domain full-time or at least wearing the logo where to work. Um, I, yeah, no, I've, I've been doing it full time now for a while. Um, started it obviously in my basement several years back and have now kind of built out a team and we're, we're having a lot of fun with it. So yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm always a rep in domain. People kind of give me crap because I've always got something on that says domain, but hey. it's, uh, it's, it, it runs in my blood. So yeah, you're happy about it. Passionate. Got to rep the, got to rep the merch, got to build the brand. I do, uh, this and I still have my day job. So just like you probably equally busy, not enough time in the day. Yeah. I mean, I, I still dabble in some other things too. So I've got about 30 hours of work per day and 24 hours to do it in, but I'm probably preaching to the choir. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into the outdoors growing up? We, you asked me if I was in Alexandria, are you also growing up in Minnesota? Um, I'm in Wisconsin over here across the river. So I've, I've been in the outdoors my whole life. Thankfully, my dad introduced me back when I was just a young lad and I kind of tagged along to deer camp, gosh, when I was probably in kindergarten and they had an old school deer camp up in Northern Wisconsin where the guys would stay there for nine days and um, basically no electricity, like old school generator run. And I just fell in love with it and did a ton of fishing growing up and just spent my days outside. I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin and just what you did you went outside and you hunted and you fished and and thankfully i i just i just fell in love with it uh, my dad i had success early on uh hunting was diff, quote unquote different back then success was shooting an animal now people kind of changed what that what, what perception of success can look like but for me thankfully it was just you know i was successful early on got hooked and I just, I absolutely love it. And it, my, as I continue to get into it more and more, like what I love about it changes, I feel like. Oh yeah. And um, now I enjoy sharing it with others. Like I'd rather have somebody come out to my house that had never hunted before and shoot their first deer at my house than me go shoot a deer. Like I just, I've kind of changed just how I view it and how I, how I enjoyed, how I enjoy doing it. So love to hunt with family and friends and uh, just have a, a ton of fun outside and, chasing the animals that I love. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Oh, for sure. That's the same. I grew up in the outdoors, hunting and fishing, traditional deer camp, dad and brothers got me into it. And I actually live in the twin cities. Now uh, my wife or fiance is doing a residency at the U of M. So I'm actually real close to you right across the border. But so you, you, you built a food plot seed company, Right. I mean, that's the, the bread and butter. But then I also see you guys have a podcast as well. Was that to build your own platform really for branding and marketing and promoting? Um, so it's kind of funny. Um, we did it during COVID and um, we had really nothing going on and no way to see or connect with people. So my brother-in-law, Tim, and I were like, you know what, let's just do a Facebook Live. And that's what it was. And it was amazing how many people joined on every time. And I mean, we do it very differently. We don't take, we're not experts. We don't take an expert approach. We're good old boys and drinking beer and talking about deer and whatever other rabbit hole we get down. And over the years, it just kind of continued to grow and grow and grow. So we thought, you know, let's, let's at least turn it into a podcast so we can record it and save it. And, and people just, it's so much fun because uh, the amount of interaction and people we get on there is just, it's so much fun. We don't, I mean, we don't run it like a lot of guys. We do it once a month. So we're not four or five times a month, like a standard podcast. Um, but the beers and bucks podcast has definitely taken off and it's been a, an absolute blast to, to just share our experiences and our laughs with others. And that's really all it's about. 
we don't have an agenda ever. I mean, there isn't, um, there's no script, no agenda. We just roll with it and it, we have a blast. So it kind of came, came out of nowhere and it's just kind of a, another offshoot of domain. And it's, it's been a ton of fun to, to continue to, to do it. And uh, more importantly, we have just a lot of fun with it and are able to connect with people that we don't get to see otherwise. Um, right. In our business, we do so much talking and strategizing with people daily that some have never actually met in person. I talk to them twice a week. So the podcast is kind of a way to further interact with, with our friends across the country. Oh, for sure. And it's, it's like you have those conversations with your buddies that just roll. You're at the bonfire at hunting camp, and it's just like, man, I wish that would have been recorded. That would have made a great episode. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> Tim and I just BSing. Um, and it, it gets really good when we get some interaction and some, some jabs from the, the, our, our friends out there too. Um, that's kind of the fun part. That's what it allows us to really, and thankfully we now record it so we can continue to, you know, have that live on. And, and we, we provide a ton of in, insight, um, experience, things of that nature that can help people. Food planning is a, that's a, um, kind of a scary thing to jump into for the first time for somebody who hasn't grown up on a farm or doing anything of that nature. So we've, we've done it the wrong way a million times. So we use that to help others try to avoid some of the pitfalls through beers and bucks. So, Oh yeah. And it's two of most people's favorite things, right? Beers and bucks. I named this two bucks cause there's two bucks. I care about the kind that grow antlers and the kind that pay for them. So exactly. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah, I, and I definitely agree with you. There's a lot of ways to food plot, and there's a lot more ways to food plot wrong. And it seems like over the 20 years or so we've been doing food plot and habitat work on our farm, we keep finding new ways to do it wrong. <laughs> Every year oh, yeah. it seems like a new a new thing comes up, and you're like, oh, man, now we got to watch out for this. we got to watch out for you know different weeds. And then we ran into Roundup-resistant weeds, and now we had to switch up our modes of action and how to switch our seeds to match our modes of action. There's a lot to, to do, and especially for a lot of us, we're doing it on the side. We're not farmers. We don't have agronomy backgrounds. And so you don't grow mm-hmm. up learning some of this stuff, yet you're trying to do your best to, to put some food in the ground and, and build habitat and, and wildlife you know, full season. It's, it's daunting challenge. I could definitely see how a a resource like the beers and bucks podcast helps people get familiar, build some confidence, know what to do, what to look out for the timing, all of that. Yeah. We take a little different approach to, um, we're, we operate very much in the gray, not in the black and white. I think too many people in our category, it's either right or it's wrong. And I just hate that approach. Um, yeah. I mean, everybody's environment and equipment and everything can be so different that I think the way we approach it um, is the most, uh, you know, the allows people the easiest way to kind of get into it and get their feet wet and from there kind of grow. I mean, typically it's, I don't have any equipment. What do I plant in my 10th of an acre? Then the next year it turns into a quarter, then it turns into two acres, and then they've got a tractor and eight acres. I mean, that's just the, the progression because of how fun it is to really kind of um, improve your property and see the benefits to your deer and your hunting and um, the experiences. So, yeah, that's exactly what we did. We started out with an ATV and a pull behind drag and it, you know, we used to like, I used to ride on it to add weight to cut through some sod and try to get it black. And then we slowly got more and more. And then we started using a Ranger and then we eventually bought a, my dad bought like a lawn tractor with the PTO. And so we've been using for the last couple of years, we've been using like a one series John Deere with the PTO to do, you know, if we look at everything between clover and spring and fall plots, we're pushing like 10 acres across our farms, all with like the smallest tractor you can possibly use. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the progression and that's the fun part. Um, and now I, I swear I enjoy food plotting and, and that process as much as I enjoy sitting in the tree and hunting. So for me, it's kind of extended my hunting season per se, instead of just three or four months of hunting, I'm pretty much doing it year round now. Yeah. And, and when you have that much energy and passion for something, did you find it's a lot easier to build a brand and feel engaged and energetic to go to work on Monday when it's just right at home for you? Yeah, no Sunday scaries for me. Um, I mean, I'm in the office probably six days a week during 
season. So February through August, it's just, we're so busy and we're still a small family owned business. So small team, small team, big dreams. So I'm here a lot, which is I'm typically the last person to get my food plots in. I'm like the carpenter that never finishes building his house. That's kind of me normally, but it's okay. Uh, it's, um, it's how I operate. I like to make sure everybody else is dialed in first and I'll get to mine eventually. So, so, so does domain outdoor have a food plot service associated with it as well? Or are you just doing the product fulfillment and the, the, the products themselves? Yeah. Sales, manufacturing, production, marketing. That's what we do. We, um, we're actually looking into exp- expanding into the services. We just need to expand our team to have the manpower to do it. We have a lot of people that ask about it and we partner with some really good ones around here, like advanced habitat solutions and some others that, um, that we kind of, you know, pass customers along to, and they, they do the turnkey services. Um, we've got a, a bunch of partners like that. Now we do some property walks and things of that nature when we can. And it's a service that we're continuing to look into uh, expanding to and just kind of providing that additional service. So we're known for our customer service and support. And that's one area where we just, um, we can't provide that 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 level of support yet just because we don't have the manpower for it. But. Oh yeah, I was gonna say that's a huge undertaking. I would have been shocked if you guys were doing food plot work and habitat work for your customers as well, because that is an endless rabbit hole of hours spent. Yeah, and I mean, equipment and hours and all the things that go into it. So we kind of have to pick our battles and we do a ton, I mean, trust me, we do a ton of strategy work um, pro bono through social media and digital media and conversations and texts. And that's that's kind of where we live right now. And I'm, I'm totally good with that. So um, we spend hours and hours a day strategizing and building out plans um, for, for our customers and our friends. So that's kind of where we'll live right now. And for some of the larger projects, we'll, we'll pass those on for now. Yeah. You got to take your battles where you can find them and, and be pretty strategic about what you decide to take on and what you decide to, to leave for somebody else because liability, equipment, manpower, all that stuff plays a factor when you start doing work like that. And yeah. It's, and, and a lot of times you got to travel. I mean, you got to travel a few hours to do it. And so it's a, it's a huge undertaking for a small team. So, how long has Domain Outdoor been around? When did you guys start and launch? Yeah, so this is we're 2019 officially. January one of 2019 was officially when we launched. I've been in this business slash category for going on 10 years now, and been able to work with a ton of agronomists and growers and um, true experts in kind of what we do. And I'm I'm a smart enough guy to know how to leverage people that are smarter than me. Um, I've got a People make fun of me because I, I have my brain just works weird. I just know through experience and through you know being a sponge what seeds work well with others and what plant you know what plant varieties do different things in different environments and maturity rates. However, I like to bring in my agronomists and growers to really make sure that um, our product is as, as good as it can possibly be. That's why we have clear jugs. We have nothing to hide. We like people to see what they're going to get. And uh, so, yeah, we've been at it for four years um, and really wasn't our intent to even really grow a brand. Um, I kind of got out of the category uh, and my brother-in-law and I started Domain just kind of to do it, uh, you know, for our friends and family and things like that, because people always contacted me for product or ideas or whatever. So we just kind of spun up Domain and as the brand started to grow, it was kind of like that that aha moment when we saw our vision come to life on a package and then it kind of completely changed the momentum and our, our thought process going forward. And then it was, um, pedaled down. So it's, like I said, it's, I, I have an entrepreneurial brain. That's how I operate. Um, I have other buddies who do the same thing and I'm constantly, you know, bouncing ideas off them and vice versa. Like I said, this was not our intent. Um, we do things completely different than many companies in our category. And there's a lot of a lot of great brands out there. We just do things a little differently uh, with how we market and um, our packaging and customer support and service and all the things. So it's expanded into what it is today. And um, we're looking forward to continuing to grow and kind of doing our thing. Yeah, that's one of the things that I've I already like about domain is that I see you and I see you guys on social media and in your content 
explaining the process, explaining the products and why you do what you do. I just saw a video either last night or this morning about you talking about, you know, I don't know who decided you can't put small grains in with a brassica blend, but it doesn't make any sense. Like you have a, a something that can regrow and you have something that can't, why not add a little layer of both? And you don't see that from some of the other big brands in the space. You don't see the person behind the scenes giving a piece of themselves and their own mind to add into the brand. And you guys definitely bring that. And it, it I think it's, I, it went over big with me. I assume it goes over big with your customers when they get a chance to see the why and the who behind it, and then they can get on board. You know, I like what Mike said about this. He's got some really good points and he has a product that matches besides the fact. So now I know where I got like a whole package, not just a product that's in some seed, but I got the seed and some of the experience and the know-how and the why behind that. So now I know what to do with it. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, we, we pour everything we have into it because at the end of the day, Brian, like, you know, there are so many variables that can make somebody's food plot not be as good as they wanted. And you can do everything right. And it can still turn out bad because mother nature or whatever. But our job, in my opinion, is to make sure that we've done everything that we can to help them be successful. Um, and then on the flip side, when they're not, we're going to be there. You know, what, what I stay off. Um, I stay off all the social media forums involving food plots. Uh, I just, I stay off of them. Um, I'm a very, very tunnel, tunnel vision type of person. Somebody asked me, how does this compare with such and such a product? It's like, I honestly don't know. Um, I am just hundred percent of my time and effort and focus is on our brand. I can't focus on anybody else's. Um, but what I've been told and I'm thankful for it is that when people are on these forums, the first thing that comes to um, comes to light when somebody's talking about domain is the level of customer service and support. Um, now, obviously, the product has to be good or it doesn't matter, but that will always be our focus, helping the customer be successful, because this category is extremely confusing and hard. And uh, if we're not there to help, then who is? So, Oh, for sure. And, and you get a lot of... Um... I think there's just a lot of marketing at play with some competitors. It's just how big of a deer can you get on the bag and that they use that to sell their product. And, and that's why I left long ago. I left all of the mainstream food plot seed companies and I just started ordering my own blends through places like green cover seed. I'm sure you're familiar with their website and how you can mix the, and I just go, I just went right back to the actual seed itself. And, you know, I don't care how big of a buck you can put on this package. Cause I know that was taken inside of a fence and I don't have a big fence. So you'll I notice just, there aren't any, aren't any bucks in our package. Yeah. You don't even have, like you said, you have a clear package. I just actually saw your guys' product up at runnings in Moorhead when oh, I was yeah. there this last weekend. It's yeah, cool. You, you got a tub, which for one, I love the tub because very often I am not planting a perfect quarter acre or a perfect half acre. So now I can just reseal the lid and put it right back on top instead of yep. leaving this open bag in the bottom of my bucket and hoping it doesn't tip over on the way back home i can just reseal the tub and you can see exactly what's in it like you said i think the 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 coatings you guys have on your seeds are also really cool because you can see that and you can start to make some some brand connection or some branding associated with your brand domain outdoor and the color and the seed itself you don't see that on other stuff yeah we like i said we took a little different approach um we're marketing guys we had fun with it um a little edgy but it kind of speaks to who we are and what we do and people have definitely definitely enjoyed it and um it performs too i mean i can't understate how much we've put into what's in the package and that's been the fun part for me there's i don't have to cut any corners i don't answer anybody if it costs more it is what it is it's going to be the best or we're not going to do it yeah so that's that's fun I've, I've worked for some larger companies in different categories and all sorts of things that um, gross margin and profit dollars were the important thing. And here it's a little bit different. It's uh, performance and people. So, yeah. And when you focus on the people, especially first, I think it, it's the number one key for success. And then performance is obviously a close second, but I think, you know, I'd rather have someone or rather do business with a company that I know they're going to have my back if I have issues because issues are going to happen. I mean, two years ago we planted our food plots. We did all this work. It was a whole family effort for a weekend got it in the ground, everything's looking great, and then we had a monsoon, 
and I got trail camera pictures of a lake instead of a food plot. And it's like, okay, it's really hard to grow brassicas when they're two inches underwater. And so this, the year after that, we rented an excavator and dug about a 400-yard trench through our swamp to drain off our, our food plots and lower the water table. And we haven't had that issue again. But it's like stuff happens, and I know that's going to happen. Every, every year, yeah, too dry, too wet, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, somebody accidentally buries the seed or who knows, you know. Right, and um, I like having someone like you that I could reach out to and say, hey, Mike, this happened. Obviously, you didn't make it rain, but – you know, do you think I should let it sit? Will it bounce back? Should I start over? Should I just top dress? What do you think is best? I'm not going to get that with a big box competitor. Yeah, I mean, we, the, I have the level of support that we did when we were in my basement. And it's going to be our largest challenge because we're going to have more customers asking questions. But it's also going to remain the forefront of how we do things. So it is what it, I don't care if it takes more time. If That's it, how we're going to do things. So when you order from our website, we have, we put a handwritten note in every package we have for the last four years. So, um, I mean, this year our our sales by just number of units, hundred x or whatever it is on our on our website, everyone gets a handwritten note. I don't care if it takes two hours to write them. They're, you know, that's just who we are, and um, and it's really really fun to write them, honestly. Uh, so I, I really enjoy that part of it and. Customer service takes work, so a lot of people aren't willing to do it. Yeah, I like that you say you do the handwritten note. I've been doing handwritten thank yous on the product fulfillment printout ever since I started Bull Elk Beard Oil, every single one of them. I don't even know why I did it. I think I shipped my first order, and I was just thinking, like, hey, thanks, you know, and then I just started doing it on every order. Sign it with my name. They know who fulfilled it. They know it's, it is the guy behind the scenes on TikTok. When you see Brian talk about Bullock Beard Oil and then Brian signs it, you know that this isn't just a smoke and mirrors show and I'm some influencer getting paid to push product. I'm the guy that does it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, my hands are on it. And I think it also opens up that conversation, too. Like, if they have an issue, they know they can reach back out to Mike. Like, if you're on a note, like, like he's going to be the guy. And that's that's what we want. I mean, we want to... We want the customer to be successful. So it's, you know, kind of the first step of, um, you know, our, our investment into them as well. So, yeah, you touched on something I was going to ask about. It sounds like you are direct to consumer as well as retailer. Yep. Yeah, we do everything. We, I mean, I'm, I'm a little, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I think we support our dealers better than any other manufacturer and for sure in our category. On the flip side, we also, have customers that don't have dealers nearby. So we do, we do direct, uh, direct consumer as well. So, um, we really kind of, no matter where you live, we, we can get your product as fast as possible. Um, we have for free shipping on our website to help with that too. So, um, we do it all there. Wow. Free shipping is big, especially when you have a product like that. I mean, shipping definitely adds it's a heavy up. product. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's just one of those things that if I'm shopping, like, and I can't get to a retailer. Um, we want we want to provide our customer every possible advantage that we can. Um, so that's that's what we do. Or in my experience, you get to the retailer. You got food plot weekend coming up. You get back home to town, and you know I hit up the store, and it's like, oh man, they don't have what I wanted. And now I'm starting to make decisions on like, is this good enough, or should I switch, you know, types of crops completely? And now it's like, well, I can just get what I need. I can order it. It'll be there when I need it, as long as obviously I give it enough time. I wouldn't start. Yeah, exactly. And like now. I said, we um, we support our our runnings and our fleet farms and our tractor supplies, and do you know work hard to make sure our customers are shopping there. And if they can't, then we got their back on the website. So, did you uh, build out your website on Shopify? We actually built it out on Squarespace, but we built it ourselves, um, which is pretty good for a couple of rednecks. But it, uh, it's pretty easy to navigate. I like Shopify too. We've, we've considered switching over, but, uh, right now it's, it's doing what we needed to do and performing well. And it's easy to navigate and, um, really does a nice job of displaying our products. We send a lot of people there because the amount of detail and information on there is kind of very helpful. Um, that you really can't get in a brochure you get the pictures and the images and what's in it and how it works and all the things. So, um, yeah, we're, we're pretty proud about our website, especially considering we kind of built it out ourselves, really not, not knowing what we were doing. Yeah. It's, I can see how you're in the, in the, in the middle. So I have both actually my bull elk beard oils on Shopify, but two bucks podcast is on Squarespace. And 
You know, okay. Shopify is completely focused on products and product fulfillment, right? But Squarespace, you get more flexibility. You can add more pages. And so if you're not only selling products, but giving information as well, it's really hard to include all that, like you said, on Shopify. So then it's like Squarespace might be the better fit if that's the space yeah. you want to be in. Yeah, it's, we're, we're kind of, we're doing one of these right now. And um, so it's a, it's a, we're calling it a fall project to take a better, a deep dive and just see what makes the most sense for us to, to better support our customers and make sure that we're, um, you know, things are easy to find and do. That's, that's the biggest thing. You know, when I get on a website, I want it to be, how can I easily navigate what I'm looking for and find it? And um, I mean, a lot of times we'll have a customer at runnings, you know, looking at big sexy and it's like, what is this? So they'll pull up our website and like, oh, okay, here's what it is. Cool. Then they buy it at runnings, which is awesome. And our, they use our, our website as a, a way to learn about it. So that's, kind of what our website's for and then we, we sell products on it too yeah it's obviously you just want people to get the product and enjoy using it and, and at the end of the day that's what matters but it is cool that you have both options i think it's was that a big hurdle getting into retailers or was it a pretty painless process once you got started um it's it's very challenging um it's very very challenging it takes many many years of work and understanding and, and doing a ton of things so yeah it's a it's a major hurdle um and it once you do get in the it's even a bigger hurdle to continue to perform and make sure that you know them taking a risk on you was well worth it so it is by no means an easy process um it's some of the it's something i've been doing for a long time so i, I kind of have some of the tribal knowledge and um the relationships and the trust and it's been a lot of that that part's been a lot of fun for me because i like to i like to work with people and it allows me to 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 do that so if you had a if you could give a couple quick tips to someone that's got a product you know hopefully it's not food plot seed like domain but they're just looking at maybe trying to get into retailers do you have a couple quick tips for them on how to start how to make those initial contacts and connections yeah i mean the first thing you got to do you have to have some data um, I mean, you can't just create um, Brian's buck juice and, you know, create this product and then the next day take it to runnings. Like it's an immediate no and it'll probably be a no forever. Have a, have a plan, have some data that supports why they should carry it. Um, have some marketing, just have some information. I think the biggest pitfall people just see it and they think, oh, that's easy. I'll just, I'll just call runnings and they'll bring it in. Well it doesn't work that way. Um, I mean, in order for a buyer to take a risk on a new brand, they need some data or some evidence to support that it's going to be successful. So I think people rush into it before they really have a product, a brand, um, marketing, all the things that ne they need and they get the immediate no. And then it's, um, boo hoo, woe is me and the brand disappears. So I think, you need to slowly build your brand and your product, whatever it might be. Um, get the data and the evidence that uh, supports the fact that they should carry it, and then um, you know reach out with that with that evidence. And um, I think you're gonna have a much better chance of, of being successful than just taking a, sh a pop shot at at something when you don't really have any have any data to support it. So. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Obviously, when you build something, you you treat it like your baby, and it means a lot to you, and it just makes complete sense. Why would they not want it? But you got to put yourself in their shoes. I mean, they're a corporate buyer. I mean, they have metrics to meet. They have they have sales figures. They have all kinds of data that they need to meet to show that they're doing their job well. And so they're not going to be intuitively, you know, on your side and treat it as their baby as well. They might even be a little skeptical or, or overly conservative, especially bringing on new people and new brands. So I think you put it really well. Just take your time, build it out slowly, have a rock solid foundation of data and information available of why it's a good deal for them. Yep. Yeah. I mean, focus on, focus on your brand like first. And then once, once you do that, I think everything else kind of falls in place. If it is, I mean, if it's, if it's what it should be and if it's a quality brand that can help people and then I, I think the rest of it kind of takes care of itself. Um, and the other thing I would say too, and I, this might be even more important. Um, I, I've had some bad experiences um, to help kind of guide my, the way I do things, but focus on your brand and what makes your brand unique. Um, 
knockoffs are never going to get the job done. I don't care what anybody says. Um, you can take a beard oil and create a different one that's that's its own unique thing. Same products in per se, but they didn't. You know what I mean? They they didn't mock yours exactly. So, um, like I said, create your own brand, its own uniqueness, its own marketing, its own its own thing. And I think you'll be way better off than um, just taking somebody else's and putting a different name on it. You see that so much this day and age, um, a, a company to be successful. And the next thing you know, there's 10 new companies out there with the exact same knockoff. And it's like, be creative, be unique, be yourself, be your own brand. And I think that is a, a major bit of advice to, to really help an entrepreneur be successful. So, and that's, that's I mean, look at us and what we've done. Um, I mean, food plotting has been around forever and we just put our own spin on it and how, you know, that's kind of the way I would approach somebody looking to looking to try to kind of get a brand rolling yeah speaking of brand you guys have obviously spent a lot of time thinking about how you built your brand did you use any formal methods or tools to build a brand or or how did you go about deciding not only like we're selling food plot seed but what is our brand going to be and how maybe even more importantly how are we going to build that brand so that the customer or the viewers know what our brand is yeah, I don't, we didn't have a formal document or organ, like it, it. We took a lot of time to do it, um, and we we walked for a really long time before we jogged, before we ran, just to make sure we were built on a foundation built up on bedrock. Where as we grew, if we grew, we could sustain it and and do the thing. So I mean, we just we stuck to our values and our purpose of like who we are, what we believe in, and kind of let that guide us. Um, we like I said, we see so many companies just chase chase sales and chase dollars and we didn't want to do that we we wanted to build a brand a lifestyle and you know have the highest best quality product possible um packaging that's innovative and cutting edge and marketing to support it and best in class customer service and we will always have those things so we kind of just let the brand evolve into what it is and with those founding principles uh, that will never change regardless of how big or small we are. So we, we just had a different approach to it. Uh, people before profits. I've heard that a bunch of times when I've done some entrepreneurial things and uh, that's what we do. I mean, our, our team is rock stars. We take care of them like they're rock stars. They're um, they don't work for me. They work with me and that's just how we operate. So that's awesome. So it sounds like you do have some marketing background or at least have done a lot of experience in the marketing realm. Did you go to school for marketing? Was your, your previous job before domain a marketing aspect or to have marketing principles to it? And then, how did you pick that up? Yes, I went to school for recreation management. My brother-in-law is in digital marketing. So between the two of us, we've kind of just been around it for a long time. And I've, I've been in uh, the, re the outdoor industry for 10 years now and, and just kind of been able to help build brands and help uh, build products and I've worked for smaller companies and big giant companies and that's allowed me to kind of mold and shape kind of what my vision in, of marketing is and just how to um, how to market products and um, like I said we, we just kind of do it differently we're a little bit more real uh, we don't we don't use the fluff and the, we're not used car salesmen by any means. We're, we always say we're terrible salesmen, but um, we're just personal, we're real, and it's, it seems to, seems to resonate. Um, but yeah, it's marketing is, we love to do it. It's, it, the term marketing is an interesting term, but we love to, you know, we love to kind of find different ways to educate people about our products and brand and we have a lot of fun with it. Are you doing all in-house marketing and content and creation of all that? I think a lot of people maybe struggle with the marketing, especially if they're not formally trained or have, you know, prior experience with marketing. It seems like it could just be a black hole of things to waste money on and, and then maybe they shy away from it altogether. What have you guys found that really works for you? Is it, you know, all just first person explanations and how to's give us a little bit of rundown on what's what you guys do and what you think. It's been helpful. Marketing changes that marketing changes every day because the consumer changes so frequently. 
Um, and I mean, we, so we do all of our marketing in house. We've got a designer that helps us with some things and we've got a, um, we have a sales and marketing manager that helps kind of put it all together for us. But Tim and I do most of the marketing on our, on our own kind of in house. And, um, then, like I said, it, it content days, we call them where the whole company goes out on property and we, we plant and we shoot, we find sheds, whatever we do. And we try to capture as much content as possible. And we use other creators as well. But we even find ourselves like, hey, guys, like we've done this before. Let's find a new way to new way to say the same thing. You know, it's um, educate in our category, education sells. But we have to find unique, new, creative ways to do it. Sometimes we're funny and joking. Sometimes we're serious. Um, but the consumer's constantly changing. Now TikTok is this big thing, you know. I don't even have a TikTok account. Domain does, and my sales and marketing guy manages it for us. But it's ever-evolving. Uh, back when I started in social media 10 years ago, every post I made on social media, every follower I had saw it. And now, I mean, 10% see it, and if it's not shared, nobody sees it. And it, it's just so different in how it evolves. So you've got to continually change with it and um, try to stay out in front of it. And it's, uh, it's challenging. Um, I tell you what the power of word of mouth is still real. And if you do things the right way and you take care of people, um, it takes longer, but I tell you what, it's a, a very, very powerful thing that I think people overlook because of social media. So um, that's one thing I will mention that word of mouth is a real thing. And it, it once that ball gets rolling down the hill, it can get pretty fast and pretty big, pretty fast. So. Oh yeah, I'm sure when you go, you know, you see a picture of a a buck laying in a food plot, and you know, the guy's smiling, doing his gripping grin. You're like, man, how'd you get that food plot looking like that? Where'd you go? It's like, oh, I planted domain outdoor products that worked really good. I just followed the instructions. I checked out his TikTok. He had a a little explanation on timing, and you know, is it better to wait for the perfect time or get ahead of a little rain? And he said, you know, I'd maybe try to get ahead of that little rain and put it in the ground. And that's what I did. And it worked out great. Give them a shot. Here's the link. Yeah, 100%. And I think it gets, thanks to social media, it just gets overlooked now. Um, what do I know? But um, that's that's kind of my thought process. Yeah, what do I know? I've only been doing it for three years and it seems to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But where I was trying to... I was trying to improve too. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's kind of surreal when you think about what, where we are and what we've done. And, um, I know this is kind of an entrepreneurial show, so I don't like people, people often kind of see what we've done and think like, wow, that's easy. I'm going to do it. It takes an incredible amount of, of work and effort, um, that people don't see. Um, we're lucky to have my wife at home is, works full-time and she's incredible because I work whatever full-time times two is, is pretty much what I do. And I mean, um, at 10 o'clock at night, I'm answering questions at midnight, I'm doing books the next day at 7 a.m. I'm here and we're, I mean, it's just, that's how it is. So if your goal is to build a company in whatever space it is, um, you better be willing to put in the work or it's probably not going to work. So I, I think that's something that often gets overlooked when companies are successful or not successful either way. Um, those ones that are had an idea, but they also had a willingness to, to get after it and, and put the hours in. So, right. You see what works when, when people out there see your stuff and they see your brand, they're seeing what worked. They didn't see all the times ahead of that, that didn't work or it didn't take traction and it, it didn't really go over the way you planned. And, you know, then you changed and then you tried again and then you got shot down at runnings or then you got postponed or delayed at fleet farm and you had to make another meeting and they don't see all that. And, and it's important to realize like, it's, it's not like, Hey, I, I submitted my incorporation paperwork. I built a website and now I'm going to get all these orders and I'm going to be able to quit my job and do this full time and then hunt all the time besides. Yeah, for sure. hundred uh, percent. But that's the fun part too. The, we love the grind. That's just, that's part of, part of how, how I'm wired. So it, uh, that makes it fun. Were you always entrepreneurial minded or did that come later in life? Did you always think about doing something in the outdoor industry or did it just kind of happen once people started asking you for product? Yeah, it kind of just happened. I was actually in golf for a really long time. Um, cut my teeth trying to 
trying to play and teach and manage golf course and do that thing. And I had a job kind of fall in my lap 10 years ago and uh, it was a lot of fun kind of helping build a brand. And, and then I got into a, took a different job with a much larger company that kind of helped teach me all the back end things that I needed to know about, you know, manufacturing, production, all the things. And then I just kind of put it all together and became an entrepreneur, I guess. It's never something I, I didn't, as a small child, I mean, I, we did some things where like we found golf balls and sold them on the course. And so I, maybe I was an entrepreneur from, from get go, but um, it's kind of something that I've learned or transitioned into as I kind of had, you know, just dreams about doing things my own way per se. I'd, I'd seen it done good and bad and kind of had my own way that I wanted to do things and kind of found up the only way that was going to happen is to do what I'm, you know, started our own, our own company. So and now I, I love it. I, like I said, I've got a bunch of buddies who are entrepreneurs or want to be, and I love having conversations with them about how to kind of grow their brand and how to do it. And that's a, that's something that I absolutely love. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm always looking for better ways to grow the brand, how to improve the brand, how to keep pushing forward and stay consistent I, I never see it as something I'm done with. Like, oh, the brand is built. I can put my hammer away now and focus on other things. I mean, it, you're constantly doing it, and it's a grind. But I think what you find when you do it, a lot of people have more excitement working more at this than they used to have at their day job or working for someone else, hitting up the 9-to-5 cubicle every day. And it, it just wears on you. It's not that same excitement level or that passion that you have. Like, obviously, you bring into Domain Outdoor when you when you show up and you say, I don't have any Sunday scaries. I love this job. I love working hard. It, I think you find that a lot of people feel that way. I think, I think one of the biggest challenges for an entrepreneur, if you truly are one or not, is oftentimes, like, when you start your business, you're working another job. You have to, right? Yep. Uh, and like I said, I still, I still do as well. So we can kind of keep growing like we are, but I think one of the biggest challenges is, um, the mindset is when you are going to finally kind of go out on your own, do your own thing, you're going to work more and get paid less. Uh, and that's most people aren't willing to either take the risk or whatever you want to call it. They just think that they'll start their own business and they're going to be millionaires. <laughs> it, <laughs> it doesn't quite work that way. Um, you actually work more and then you get paid less and, and you love every second of it and you wouldn't change a thing. So you, you're either made for it or you're not and you'll find out fast, I think, in my opinion. Um, and every once in a while, uh, you know, somebody will uh, hit a home run and uh, it, you'll m make the next Raven crossbow or whatever it is, you know. So um, I, I think that's the fun part. Our, our goal, uh, my goal is never to, I, I don't, money doesn't drive me. It's just, I like you know, I like just kind of doing my own thing and being successful. And I'm more of a success driven person than a money driven person. So I'm probably the perfect entrepreneur. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's more about, you know, accomplishment and success than it is about making money. Yeah. I love to work hard. I don't look at the dollar. I just want to be happy and be successful. That's recipe for success. If you're an entrepreneur and I like it, I like the way you put it, you know, you're going to find out real fast, which one you are. It's kind of like that quote from Yellowstone. There's, there's minnows and sharks, Jimmy. And if you don't know which one you are, you ain't a shark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Like that's, that nailed it. Um, that, that, you couldn't have summed it up better, honestly. Yeah. Once you become an entrepreneur, you'll know if it's cut out for you and that's okay to find out. I mean, it's okay to say, you know what? I'm interested. I'm going to start something. I'm not going to quit my job yet, but I'm going to build this little thing and I'm going to see if it takes and if, and I'm going to see how I feel about it. It's okay to change how you feel about it. I do it all the time. Yep. Yeah. I would never, never quit your job before you've got the thing dialed in. I'll tell you that much. Um, because that first, the first couple of years, I mean, even now, I mean, um, it's, uh, it's, it's always interesting just, uh, the amount of money it takes to, to run a business, um, freight and warehousing and electricity and, um, all the things, right. Insurance, um, state restrictions and guidelines and all the, there's so much that goes into it. Um, so yeah, and I think if you – depends on what kind of organization you build, right? I mean, are you guys LLC? Yeah, we're an S-Corp technically, yeah. S-Corp. So, 
you know, I'm a sole proprietor when it comes to Bull Oak Beard Oil and Two Bucks Podcast, but it really depends on what organization you build or what type you, you categorize as and how it affects your position. There can be lots of very lucrative benefits of having a sole proprietorship or a side hustle and keeping your w-2 day job if you get a good account and you can leverage you know certain things as benefits and tax write-offs and those account against your w-2 income it can almost be better to keep both for a long time rather than give up your w-2 and go full in on the on the side hustle for sure yep yeah find a good accountant that'd be that'd be the next step find a good person that can help you navigate all that stuff that can be really confusing um to, to just make sure, you're, A, you're doing things correctly so you don't get pinched by the government by not knowing. Yep. And then B, don't, you know, don't get rid of a good thing until you know, you know, what the, what the benefits could be. So. Yeah. A, I always did my own taxes because it was easy when I was a, just a W-2, had a salary. I knew what I made. I didn't have any crazy overtime or bonuses to worry about. But the minute I started Bull Elk Beard Oil and the sole prop, all of a sudden it was like, man, I don't know if this counts as a deduction. I don't know if that counts. I don't know what, how all this works. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not one to pay 275 bucks for someone to file my taxes, but I'm going to do it anyway. And my gosh, the first year it was like, I think I was up like close to six grand on that investment by just hiring an accountant and working with him on how to do stuff. Same thing up four figures the next year on a tax. I'm talking about tax returns, right? So you pay the guy 275 bucks for his advice and his ability to do it and his experience on what counts as a deduction and whatnot. And then he puts together a, you know, a four figure tax return for you and you don't have any doubt. You don't have any worry. It's like a professional's doing this. I'm, I'm good to go. Versus otherwise I would have probably looked at that stupid 1040 form for three weeks trying to figure out what I was supposed to do. Yeah, no, a good one will always make sure you're, you're dialed in. And, and again, there's so many different laws and regulation things out there that you don't even know about that could end up costing you money down the road because you didn't know and you did it incorrectly. And I'd rather just make sure it's done right the first time. So I yeah. that's not an area I would, I would, you know, slough off on, um, get, get all that taken care of with a, a good money person. Yeah, for sure. Have you guys found anything along your journey that was a big road bump or a big hurdle and, you know, something that maybe caused you to hit the brakes and just like, how are we going to do this? Or how do we figure this out? I've never done that before. Cause I think moments like that are very common with a lot of people starting to think about being an entrepreneur or starting their own business. So I think it helps hearing how other people have tackled those moments for themselves. Yeah. I mean, um, the bigger you get, the bigger the roadblocks at times. Um, I mean, for us, I mean, we're an inventory-based business, so we can only sell what we have. And I think as you grow, um, obviously, you need to have more inventory. So for us, the biggest major hurdle for somebody who is trying to grow because the the number is larger than um, the, the the revenue, honestly. Yeah. So yes, I mean, for us, the biggest hurdles were, were some of those things. Um, you know, capital related based on just trying to have enough inventory to actually have a business and grow. Um, big hurdles there. Uh, the pandemic was a, a hurdle definitely to begin with. Um, supply chain was a mess. Freight was a mess. Um, people weren't working. You didn't know if people, what, what was going to happen. It turned out that more people got into hunting, which is great. But that was a, a major hurdle and some scariness there for a while. Uh, there's always something, you know, um, price increases and um, just a lot of unknowns out there with uh, freight and gas and inflation and all the things that are all hurdles. Um, but those aren't going to go away. So you just kind of continue to kind of navigate through them and around them. And, um, and there's more to come. I always tell the guys, like, the bigger we get, the bigger the problems. It's just how it is. It's just how it works. So we're going to have to get just you know, more, more creative at how we can continue to solve them. So that's our job. So we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. It sounds like you're taking a very, the next step approach, like just, you know, we don't have to solve them all today. We just got to keep moving forward. We got to keep taking those steps. We'll find a solution, whether it's through it, around it, over it, turn around, go the other direction. Just keep, yeah. keep moving, keep going. I'm too stupid to quit. So, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll always find a solution. So that's awesome. Yeah. And like I said, we're, we're lucky too. I mean, I think 
somebody growing a business or, or starting a business, I can't understate the importance of hiring and finding the right people. Um, I, I'll be honest, I hired, we have three full-time employees. I just cared who they were and what they stood for and the rest of it, if they didn't know, I could teach them. So I think it's really important to find the right people. Um, I've said people a lot in the last hour, but I, I truly believe that that's, that's how you grow a brand in a business is with the right people. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the people are the most important. You got to remember when you're an entrepreneur, you, you're trying to serve people in whether it's content and making people laugh and enjoy their time watching it or services like like you said, you, you guys don't do. But if you were out there planting food plots, I mean, you're out there to make someone happy with the service or products. I mean, you're trying to make them excited and happy about their investment and their purchase. But you're, you, no matter what lane you're in, you're serving people. Yep. Yeah. So, awesome. Well, I want to give you a chance to to share with the listeners where they can find Domain Outdoor, where you can put in an order, check out the website, follow you on social media, give us a chance to, to follow along. Awesome. Well, I, first of all, thanks for having me on, Brian. Um, this is what I love to do, and I love, you know, the best thing about this industry is the last hour and the, the people I get to connect with and, and chat with that have similar interests and passions and they're wired the same way. I always say we're kind of weird people. So it's when you find one that's similar to you, it's kind of nice to chat. Um, but no, it's, it, it's been a blast. I, I, I appreciate having me on. Thank you. But we can be found at most of your local farm and home t- type of retailers, the tractor supplies, fleet farms, runnings, um, farm and fleets all across the country. Online at www.domainoutdoor.com. Very active on Facebook, Instagram. We don't tweet, but maybe someday we will. Um, we're on TikTok, YouTube. Beers and Bucks podcasts on all your different um, devices. We're, we're easy to find. So, um, and, uh, and we love doing what we do. So again, like I said, I, I can't thank you enough. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, Beers and Bucks is obviously two of my favorite things. So if you ever need a guest on your show, feel free to let me return the favor for you. And I'm excited to check out your guys' products next planning season. Unfortunately, we had all of our stuff in the ground by the time I started this and started reaching out. But I'm definitely going to make the switch because that's been it's been a struggle, honestly, trying to, you know, pave my own way and mix my own seeds and find suppliers outside of, you know, people that are just, you know, not trustworthy, like big box Happy brand I don't have a connection with. So I'm Happy really to help, so just let me know. Yeah, love it. Thank you. Well, check out Domain Outdoors, follow along. If you have any food plot needs, be sure to check out their websites and all their great products. Look for the clear plastic containers. It's the trademark symbol that you're shopping the right brand. And uh, thanks for being here, Mike. I appreciate it.